Thanks for listening to the Grace Life Podcast, where we want to know God, love people, and reach our world. A phrase we often say at Grace Life is making much of Jesus. But what does that really mean? Is it just worship on a Sunday morning, or can it be a part of our everyday? Join us for our final series of the year on worship. And be sure to subscribe to our new YouTube channel, where you can find our video messages as well as exclusive content that you can't find anywhere else. Now, let's get into this week's message. If this is your first time here, thanks for coming. We're so glad you're here. We love having guests, and we hope that you'll enjoy God's presence so much you just want to come back. And uh, so thank you. Thank you for coming. Uh, Worship team, wow. I don't know if you're out there, but man, wasn't it good being in God's presence this morning while we were singing? We can do that all our life, can't we? It doesn't just have to be while we're singing. I love you, Jimmy. That was a nice thing you said about me. (laughs) Uh, What a great place to be. I don't even know how to, yeah, that, okay, so here's the story, okay? My wife is one of the best gift givers I have ever known. Uh, That's her love language. That's the way she speaks love. Uh, I mean, she's got other ways, but man, that, she is a giver of gifts. Right, Anna Carol? Yep. And you can see it when she goes shopping. She's got a special anointing (laughs) when she goes shopping. She, her expectations are so stinking high, you know, that, they're, I mean, they're out there, right? And uh, just so you'll know, in comparison, my expectations, I went and got her a gift. Was, it was birthday, right? Birthday present? Yeah, I went and got her a gift uh, like this past year, and I brought it home because she's been looking for this special Armani perfume for a long time, and she couldn't ever find it. And I walked it right into Ulta and found it right away, and I brought it home. I gave it to her surprised her she was so excited she said first thing she said was oh it's in a new box different box and uh and hang on this gets better and uh <laughs> and then I, th- I don't know how much later she smells it and it's she said it smells a little different too maybe it's a new formula or something right and uh the next day she starts checking into it on the internet and uh, she looks at it closer it's armani for men <laughs> my love language is not gift giving but she still loves me. That is unconditional love right there, in case you didn't know. Um, so we took it back, right? We took it back to Ulta, walked in, walked right up to us. It's right over here. I walked right up to it in the men's section. You would think, you know, that I would notice something like that, but mm, there you go. Gift giving is not one of my things. So we have a problem when we go shopping together <laughs> and this high expectation for, for finding the perfect gift and my, let's get this done as soon as we can. Because my love language is quality time, right? Let's get it over so we can spend some quality time together, right? So we, we have an issue here, right? So I just go along and I hang on. She just drags me along. I'm getting better though, right? Yeah. So, you know, my expectations aren't very high, but I think what happens because her expectation is so high, God honors it. And he goes even beyond, you know, it's that Ephesians 2 verse that says he does more than we could ask or think. I think he does that with her when she goes shopping. Proof, this, this year, we went shopping, we were shop, she was shopping for our grandkids, 
because we we do a Christmas early to get together. We got together last week. I was gone, and uh, she found this princess outfit for Avery, the three-year-old, our granddaughter. And then she starts finding all these other costumes. It was right after Halloween. She starts finding all these other costumes that are just perfect fits for the other four grandchildren, and they fit this theme. And she comes up with this story to, to tell the story and give the gifts as she's telling the story, as she t- t- uh, gives them out last week. It was perfect. And, the, and, the, and the, uh, the, not just the grandkids, but the, our children will remember it forever. Anna Carol helped her with the story as we were driving to Arkansas last week. But it's, it's just her gift for giving. It's so, her expectations up here, my expectations. And we come into this place. Let me make a transition here. We come into this place, all of us with different kinds of expectations. Some of you have expectations way up here for what's going to happen in this place. And some of us, maybe not as high. But we all have some kind of expectation as we walk in. What is God going to do? Or even maybe not even that. Maybe we're just going to hear some good music and hear a good message and walk out, you know. Drink a little grape juice, eat a cracker. But some of you come in here expecting to be changed. Yeah? In all kinds of ways. So let's talk about that a little bit. Let's see what God says about that in the Scriptures. Okay? This corporate gathering that we call Sunday morning, get-together church. I don't know what we call it. It's our time together as a church family. There's a place in 2 Chronicles, starts in chapter 5, where it describes the dedication of the temple. The temple had just been built. Uh, the Ark of the Covenant, which was carried God's presence all de- through, the, through the desert. The Israelites carried it. Uh, David danced before it, if you remember, in Samuel. They've brought the Ark of the Covenant into the, the temple that's built. And we're going to pick up the story right there where the, the ark's in the, in the temple and they're, they're ready to sing their first song. The, 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 the bumper's done, the five-minute bumper, and we're, we're finished clapping, right? And here we go. Verse 13 of chapter 5. When the song was raised with trumpets, and cymbals, and other musical instruments, in the praise to the Lord, they praised Him this way, for He is good, for His steadfast love endures forever. That's like the first two or three verses, right? Or I mean, two or three lines of a song. They, maybe they had some more songs planned. They may have had three songs set planned, right? They didn't get any further than the first three lines. <laughs> for He is good. Two things. He's good. And his love never ends. He's good, for his steadfast love endures forever. And then the house, the house of the Lord, was filled with a cloud, so that the priests could not stand to minister because of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord filled the house of God. So all our singers are down. The drummers, I don't know what happened to the drummer. Archie's back there laying on the floor. They can't. They can't play the musical instruments anymore because the glory of the Lord's so thick. 
Do you think that could happen here? It could. Just because it's 2018, almost 19, and this was a long time ago, why not happen now? I mean, we actually carry the presence of God now with us. Each one of us, the Holy Spirit. So we bring him in here, each of us. God with us. You know, darkness reigns no more. God's on the move. God's doing those kind of things. He's going to do that more and more here. Could I just prophesy that? God's going to do that. He's going to stir our hearts so that we have such expectation, like Lane's expectation when she shops. Not like mine. That sort of expectation that we're going to see God move, whether it's in uh, a different way I think about my wife or my husband or a different way I relate to a friend or a, a sore back or broken bone. He can do whatever he wants. Amen? Our God is mighty, and he can do whatever he wants. He can heal marriages. Yeah. He can take colds away. Please, Jimmy says. Yeah. Let's raise the expectation. That was the first time. Then in, the, in this section here in, in uh, 2 Chronicles. Now, Solomon starts praying in chapter 5 and, and then in 6, all of chapter 6, he's praying. And then at the end of chapter 6, he finishes his prayer by saying, And now arise, O Lord, and go to your resting place, you and the ark of your might. Let your priests, O Lord God, be clothed with salvation, and let your saints rejoice in your goodness. There's goodness again. His, God's goodness. O Lord God, do not turn away the face of your anointed one. Remember your steadfast love. There's the steadfast love again for David, your servant. Goodness and his steadfast love. His love never ends. Let's lock into those kind of things in our life. I want to I keep it simple for you. Let's lock in to the goodness of God and the love that never ends that God gives us. Psalm 27, verse 13 says, I believe that I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Let's lock into those kind of truths in God's word and live that way and let it make us hungry okay we get to to uh chapter seven you ready Solomon ends his prayer no music this time they only got through like three lines of the first song and the glory of the Lord came right now he's just prayed be like after Jimmy did the communion, right? And, he's, and, and all of a sudden, this, this thing happens. As soon as Solomon finished his prayer, fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices. I wonder what that smelled like. Filet mignon. There was smell in the place. There was a smell. Wow. And the glory of the Lord filled the temple. This time it filled the temple again. But he brought the fire down this time too. And the priests could not enter the house of the Lord. Now they can't even get in. It's not that they couldn't stand up. It's multiplied. I think it's just going to increase for us. 
Can you grab a hold of that? I mean, I don't know where you are in your life in Jesus. We're all in different places. We all have different ways to get more hungry. Every one of us in this room, even if those of you that don't believe yet, that haven't made Jesus king, there's a place to start for you to make him king. But all of us, there's a way to get hungrier. Can you see this? Fire coming down out of heaven. I mean, I don't know what it's going to look like in today's world, but we've already said healed bodies physically, emotionally, spiritually, uh, all kinds of changes in our life that God will, will do for his glory, for the sake of his kingdom, so to see more and more people saved. We've had over 100 people saved this year. Could it be 1,000 next year? Why not? Why not? So the, the priest couldn't enter the house of the Lord because of the glory of the Lord and the way it filled the Lord's house. When all the people of Israel saw the fire come down and the glory of the Lord on the temple, they bowed down with their faces to the ground on the pavement, like this is pavement. What if about half of us just, half of us just spontaneously, the Lord spoke to your heart, bow down, bow before me, and you did it. Because some of you, he's saying things to that light. He's saying like things like that to you. But you may have a little bit of fear that keep you from doing it. Like he may be saying, I want you to come up to the front and just raise your hands. Or I want you to come up to the front and bow down. Some demonstration of God's moving in your life at that moment, like they did just then, right? They couldn't st- they, they ha- that was their response. They bowed down with their faces to the ground on the pavement and worshiped and gave thanks to the Lord Saying, again, he is good, his steadfast love endures forever. Very simple. But it's from the very core of who they were. It's from the very core of who they are. It's in the very depth of their spirit they were saying, you're good, and your love will never end. It wasn't just singing a song with words. It was coming from the very depth of who they were. They believed it, right? And it changed everything. You with me? Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, there you go. So, hmm. we need two things. We need two things. We need to be hungry personally. We need to come in hungry. Yeah? To do that, we need to realize that we need to eat. Right? It's, hunger is a realization that I don't have enough food in my body. I need some fuel. Right? How do we eat? I heard part of the answer there. You know what Jesus said? My food is to do the will of the Father. It's not just reading it. That's part of it because you won't know what it is if you don't read his word. Right? We've got to do the will of the Father to eat. In order to do the will of the Father, we need to know what it is. And this is the only way you'll know what it is. And through encouragement and exhortation, you know, things that are always consistent with God's Word. Right? So we, we find out what He thinks, where he's telling us to, what He's telling us to do. You know, there are obvious things in here. It's my will that, you, that you're thankful in every circumstance. Second, uh, First Thessalonians chapter 5. 
right? That's a straightforward one, but it's all through here, right? You with me? I'm not losing you right here, am I? That was John chapter 4, if you want to check it out. My food is to do the will of the Father who sent me and complete his work. That's what Jesus said. It's a pretty good example for us. So if we want to get hungry, hungrier, let's do his will. When we, when we hear him speak something in our ear or we read something in the scriptures, let's do that. It's a walk of faith. Jimmy talked about it last week. He said at the very end of his message, if you hadn't seen it, go watch it. He said, everything is worship. Everything about our life is worship. The fact that we will do what he says to us is worship. We're trusting him. So when we come together corporately, if he says something to you, like we were saying, bow down or whatever, or just sing, or kneel at where you're sitting in your seat, or go pray for somebody? What if he says, nudges you to lean over to the person beside you and just say, can I pray for you? What if he does that? You should obey him, right? That's part of worship. First thing we got to do is we got to get hungry personally. Uh, my daughter. We were, we were a long time ago back in Arkansas. We went to one of those uh, buffets that were real popular back then. You load your plate up with food. You just fill it up with food, right? So we all got our food. We came back to the table. My daughter comes back with her plate. And on her plate was mashed potatoes and candy corn. I said, no. No, you're going to get some real food. See, we fill ourselves up with fake food. And then we're not hungry. We fill ourselves up with television. I'm guilty. I'm not just talking to you. We fill ourselves up with all kinds of stuff that's not even bad. Here's one for me. I say yes too much because I'm a people pleaser. And then I'm being pleased by pleasing people instead of my ambition and, and heart being to please God, to do his will. Oops. I'm satisfying a hunger that needs to be satisfied by God, not by me saying yes to you or whatever, not to you, but you know what I'm saying, right? It's so bad for me, I'm confessing. Um, early in the week when I was getting ready for this message, I started fretting and I'd wake up all nervous. And Psalm 37 says, don't fret. Three or four times it says, don't fret. As a matter of fact, it gave me what I was supposed to do instead of fretting. It says, delight yourself in the Lord, and he'll give you the desires of your heart. Well, I was fretting because I was worried that I would do it wrong, or I wouldn't make you guys happy, or even more importantly, I wouldn't make my boss happy. You know? I was feeding myself the wrong way. I was fretting. We do it all the time. We worry about stuff instead of trusting God and listening and doing what he says, feeding on him by doing what he says. Cool? All right. It's kind of like going to a Mexican restaurant, for those of you that are having a hard time here. We fill up on chips and dip, and when the fajitas get there, <laughs> I'm not even hungry. You know what I'm saying, don't you? Yeah. I love Mexican food. So let's raise our expectations. 
big on the outside wall, on the wall behind us right back here, on that wall. Almost eight feet high, I found out this morning. Those letters are almost eight feet high, <laughs> taller than me. Expectation is invitation. That's what we're talking about. That's what you're going to go home with. Let's raise our expectation. We're inviting God to do whatever he wants because he's God. And we want him to do whatever he wants. And I can guarantee you he wants our marriages to be healthy. I can guarantee you he wants us to obey the scripture. I can guarantee you he wants us to love one another. I can guarantee you he wants us to do justice, love kindness, and walk humbly with God. I can guarantee you he wants us to keep in step with the Spirit because it's all Scripture. Amen? And that's worship. And that'll make us hungry worshipers. You want to be a hungry worshiper? Me too. Yeah. Second, I kind of got ahead of myself. We must spend, or we must expect him to show up when we gather. Sorry, I've been talking about it the whole time. I'm not doing a good job with the notes, but Jimmy wouldn't let me bring many notes up here. <laughs> uh, I, I, this is not part of the sermon, but I, I, I want to honor you, Jimmy. He let me just be myself and not follow the way we typically do messages, because I would, like, <laughs> freak out. He, let, he just let me be myself. I appreciate that. The Holy Spirit's speaking to us. We must expect him to show up when we gather. Why not? I mean, it's not like, it's not like we're saying that we're, in, we're only coming together to see miracles, and, and, and you know, you're thinking... But it's about God. It is about God. That's all we want to focus on is God. But I'm telling you, based on Scripture, something's going to happen if we come in here hungry. Not just hungry. I mean, hungry personally, but hungry as a family. I mean, it's exponential. It's like nuclear power. I was in nuclear power for almost 30 years. And just because you put uranium in the core doesn't mean you're going to have heat generated. You've got to have a source to start the fission process, right? And then it starts bouncing off of each other and going crazy, all those particles doing that thing. And it gets hot, and it gets hotter and hotter, and boom, it gets to a place where it's self-sustaining. That's what we want. We want what God's doing in our lives to encourage each other I look at Jimmy, I look at you, I look at different ones, and I see God working in your life. It stirs me up. It fission particles me or whatever. And, but we come together, and we see God move. We must expect him to show up when we gather. We can do this. We want people to come back. Yeah, because we're friendly. Yes, we work hard at being friendly, and and being generous, we want, we want to be generous people. We want to give stuff away. And we want the worship to be excellent. And Yeah, we want all of that. But that's all minor compared to the fact that we got to have his presence. We want people to come back because, wow, Jesus was walking around. The Holy Spirit was there. 
I, God opened my eyes for the first time. 105 salvations. Let's make it 1,000 next year. Because we're trusting God. Believing him with all our heart. Yeah. Good days. A lot to look forward to. I'm going to expect more people up here when we say there are prayer teams up at the front that will pray with you. I'm going to expect more of you to come up here. I know you have this, you, have, you want to get out before the crowd gets crazy and the cars start going out. I, I get it. Maybe just hang around and they'll clear out. <laughs> and we'll just pray. It'll be a second wave. You all with me? I don't know what I left out because I got so far from the notes. <laughs> My two sticky pads. God's good and his love never ends. And it's true and it always will be and it should be changing our lives. Every minute. When I wake up in the morning, I want to expect God to show up in my living room when I open my Bible up. I want to expect God to change my heart. When I walk into work, I want to expect God to move in this place when we're together and we can't stand. We can't stand up when every one of us fall to our knees. When we realize what Jimmy was talking about at communion, whoa, we get a glimpse of what he really did on the cross. I mean, we just get a little bit, right? But when he opens our eyes, or when we get a glimpse of him, when we're all together, the scripture says when we see him, we'll be like him. It's talking about at the end time, but it's true now. If we get a little glimpse of him in here, we'll become more like him. You with me? All right. So can you imagine with me? Let's end this thing. Imagine all these things we're talking about happening. Imagine, first off, you being stirred up when you're alone with God to go deeper, to be hungrier for Him, to do whatever He says, to do His will. Read your Bibles more. Find out what His will is. Find out what a good marriage looks like and do that. Are you obeying the word? Fix whatever you're not obeying. Holy Spirit, we welcome you. We welcome you here to do your work in our life. We thank you that you came into our lives when we gave our life to you. And we want to keep in step with you. You're the king of our life, and we want to live that way. We want to live as servants of the Most High King, the King of all kings. May your kingdom come, and may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We see what it's like in heaven. May that come on the earth. May we see it with our own eyes. Thank you, God. Yeah. So I've been talking to all you guys that are already following Jesus. There's some of you that haven't made a decision to make Jesus the king of your life. 
It's the greatest adventure. It's the most exciting life there is to live. And you're living it in the most exciting thing happening on the earth today. They don't talk about it in the news. They don't even see it. The church of the living God is on the move. And we get to be a part of it. The kingdom of God is advancing. Yes. Yeah. If you haven't made Jesus your king, you can be a part of it. I'm going to pray a prayer. I want you to just pray it with me if you'd like. If God's moved on your heart this morning, he's opened your eyes, your spiritual eyes, and you see finally, you see, wow, I want to make him king. I want to follow Jesus. Pray this prayer with me, okay? And I'll pray with you. God, I want you to be king in my life. Jesus, I want to make you the king of my life. I want to follow you with all my heart. I want to be one of those hungry people that we've been listening about, talking about. I want to be full of hunger for you. I want you to be my desire. I want to delight in you. Be the king of my life and do whatever you want in my life so that I can be yours. Be useful in your hands and do all that you've you've called me to do, God. Pray that prayer. Jesus, be king in my life. And God, have your way. Grow this place, Lord. I pray, Lord, that there would be hundreds and hundreds of people come to know you in the next year, God, in this place. For your glory, for your kingdom, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's celebrate with those people. Amen. Thank you for joining us for this week's message. If you've made the decision to follow Jesus, congratulations. It's the best decision you'll ever make. If you've been impacted in any way, we'd love to hear about it. Head over to gracelife.church resources where you can share your story and find other tools for following Jesus. If you have any questions or want to know more about us, you can always check us out online by going to gracelife.church. We would love for you to stay connected throughout your week and everywhere you go with the gracelife.church app. It's free and available wherever you download apps. We hope you go out and make Jesus famous in your world.